Kurt Heelan joining us, lead NBA writer, editor over at NBCSports.com when it comes to the NBA and all things basketball. Kurt, 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 I got to start with the All-Star game because everybody's mad about it. Everyone does this every year. We all get mad that the All-Star game is not what it used to be. I actually like this format. I just think that this year it ended up stinking. I, I, I don't know. I think I don't. I don't want to drastically change things too much because if you change it too much, then you get what the NFL tried to put out this year, a flag football game, which I think was even worse than the low-effort football game that they had just a year ago. Is there anything we can do to satisfy the people that are always unhappy about the All-Star game? Not really. I mean, honestly. I mean, well, I mean technically, sure. You could guarantee $2 million to the, each player from the winning team or something, and you'd get a lot more motivation, but... Even then, it's like it's an exhibition, and they kind of know it. And and Jason Tatum in his post game was kind of honest. He's like, did somebody ask about it? And he's like, nobody wants to get hurt, and everybody like everybody's trying to avoid any kind of injury or anything that sets them back. Um, so they're kind of just out there going through the motions. And I'm not sure that there's a reasonable answer to this. If the game, I think you also nailed it. If this game with the with the you know target score, the Elam ending, if it's close, like their competitive juices will kick in, and and you'll get an interesting fourth. It happened in Chicago a few years back, but I got a feeling that that's kind of it. Like it's going to be what you get see is what you get, and I'm not sure. I'm just I don't think there's an easy answer or some clean answer to this. It's just they know it's an exhibition. They don't want to you know look. They're on their private jets to Cabo the second this thing ends, no matter what city it's in. They, they're they're just going through the motions. There's two answers of how to fix it. I'll tell you the two answers, the two right answers. One, they need to wear their old, their their real team jerseys and not a jersey that's being sold. They need to just wear their team jerseys. That it looks better. The second one is fans just need to understand everything you just said because what happens is they're going to try harder and then someone is going to get hurt and then we're going to be mad that there is this all-star game anyway. Well, if there wasn't an all-star game, Jokic wouldn't have got hurt and the Nuggets would have won the NBA Finals. And then we'll be mad about that. So the answer yeah. is wear the right jerseys and the fans. It's on the fans to understand what the players understand, that this is just for funsies. Yeah, it is an exhibition, and I don't think there's – yeah. I do agree with you on that, though, especially even the uniforms. Like, how about the warm-ups? Like, you look at some of the old photos, and they're all standing there, and they're, you know, different – they're team warm-ups. Like, that just – I'm with you. I think that looks better than than the kind of manufactured uniforms that were hastily slapped together for these teams this year. I think that as we talk about uh, the NBA and coming up to sort of the second half here, Kurt Heelan joining us. I'm Bart Winkler on the Bill Ryder, uh, Ryder Than You program. The Western Conference very interesting because it is pretty wide open. Uh, there's a, you know, the Kings could make a run. The Clippers adding uh, Westbrook, that could be interesting. The Mavs with Kyrie, that's something... Golden State maybe still lurking there. We'll see what happens with some of these other teams. The Lakers even lurking further. The Grizzlies, of course. I think when I look at this, and, and I look at it from the perspective of who's got the most pressure on them to be the team that gets to the finals, and I would say the Nuggets are starting to have some pressure. Jokic might get his third MVP. When Giannis was going for his third MVP, no, you can't get it because you got to win in the playoffs. Okay, that doesn't seem to apply to Jokic for whatever reason. So the Nuggets, I think at some point, if Jokic is this guy who got picked almost last 
in the starters uh, NBA draft, by the way, if he's this guy that's supposed to be this MVP candidate, at some point you got to get your team to the finals. But then there's also the Kevin Durant factor with Phoenix. Phoenix was a team that made the finals two years ago, adding Kevin Durant, losing a piece here or there, but you're adding Kevin Durant. Would you say there's more pressure on KD and the Suns or Jokic and the Nuggets? I'm going to say Jokic and the Nuggets because KD and the Suns are kind of slapped together this year, and it's going to, like, next year that pressure really builds on them. But this year I've got, you know, look, I've got questions about their defense. I've got real questions about how DeAndre Ayton handles what's going to be a smaller role with fewer post touches and being asked to defend and rebound. i got questions, but they've kind of got a year to answer them. I think you nailed it with Jokic. Look, the excuse, look, he was a great story the last couple of years, and you kind of forgave the playoff losses because they don't have Murray. They don't have Porter. They don't have the guys around him to do it. But, you know, when they're healthy, they've looked good. Well, they got everybody this year. You know, knock on wood, everybody goes to the playoffs healthy for them. And now there is pressure to at least reach the conference finals and prove that they, you know, look, so far, he's lived up to it. I mean, going into the season, I was with you. I'm like, I don't know if he's going to win a third MVP. I think there's going to be a lot of voter bias against him. I mean, look, you got the number one team in the West, one of the top teams in the NBA, and you're averaging a triple-double. You get in the conversation. Man. You're, you're there. Giannis, I think, is in there. and Embiid's going to be in there. But, like, he's earned his way in it. But it's a – they have to do it in the po- – they have to show now that they're a playoff team that, or that they're a very good playoff team. Um, if they go seven games with the Suns and lose to Kevin Durant in, the, in Game Seven, I'm willing to, for, you know, all right, that's a good playoff run. But it's on them; like they have to now prove they're that team. The odds, if I have this right, for the Clippers to win the finals went like got worse after they picked up Russell Westbrook. I heard a uh, really good analysis on the Clippers, and I'm, I'm not sure where I heard it, but it stuck with me where. With all these teams, you know, they have their superstars and you wonder about the others. You wonder, it might have been TNT because they always call them the others. But you always wonder about the others. Uh, with the Clippers, the depth, the others, it's pretty reasonable. They, The guys to worry about are what are we going to get out of Paul George? What are we going to get out of Kawhi Leonard? And how healthy and reliable are they going to be? Are the Clippers, I, I think I, I just, to pull up, to, I just pull up the standings here. And I'm looking at teams, and I'm like, okay, the Nuggets could win. The Grizzlies could win. The Kings are a nice story. And then in my brain, I skip right to the Suns. I don't even, th- I don't even think there's a possibility the Clippers could be the team to get out of the West, but they've been very good for a handful of years. They've got a very good roster. But we keep. it seems like we just keep overlooking the Clippers, and I don't know if the Westbrook mover will help or hurt that. Yeah, I don't think it helps, honestly. They're – they have played better lately. Look, Kawhi has been in the game. He's played, I think, 16 of 18, 16 of 19, something like that. And they're 10-4 and four with the best offense in the NBA over that stretch. But I'm still skeptical. Their defense isn't sharp enough and, and consistent. They do have the role players. Like, on paper, they're there. I will say this. There is real pressure on that organization. Steve Ballmer has... <laughs> spent even a lot of money for him, right? Like he spent a lot of money and done kind of everything you want an owner to do. He has bought, brought in the stars. He has upgraded the facilities. He has paid for scouts and front office to make this a very first-class organization. Players like the Clippers. Like they, they, it's a weird thing to say for people who have followed the sport for a while, but 
Clippers have a really good rep, right? Like, it's a place you want to go now. There haven't been results. He wants results. They need a point guard. They're not quite there. I just think what they really need is shooting and defense, and they got Russell Westbrook. So I'm like, I'm not sold that this makes them better, but we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. I, they could start him, which I think that messes with their shooting, that messes with their defense. It'll be interesting. Talking with Kurt Heelan, NBC Sports, uh, NBA writer, editor. I don't really <laughs> I don't really have a Kyrie question for you and the Mavs, but I just feel like I should ask you one because it is interesting. Uh, you do wonder if this will be a long-term setup. You do wonder if this will be something that can work. They haven't, ex- they haven't signed him to an extension, which I thought if there was going to be a trade, that would be a part of it. One theory I heard, again, I don't know where I heard this, but they're just trying to test run, like what kind of superstar they can put next to Luka. I mean, in your wildest dreams, do the Dallas Mavericks, I mean, I, I, can they even make the Western Conference Finals with this with this setup? I don't think they defend well enough right now. and But I think that that's fixable um, in the long term. Not, not necessarily, you know, look, the, the buyout market's not going to save them on the defensive end, but... It's going to be interesting. They didn't extend him mostly because Kyrie wouldn't sign this extension. Kyrie wants four years at the max. No team wants to give him more than two years. He isn't. Look, he's a max player. He's going to get max money. He's, there isn't a question about his quality on the court. Um, it's the years everybody's concerned about. My guess is they'll end up settling on three, but we'll see. Um, but I think Denver locks him in and then makes moves around them to put shooting and defense and the pieces they need around their stars. You've got the hard part. You get the two stars. I think, look, their offense has already been really good when those two are on the floor together, I, and they're still just kind of playing next to each other. If they haven't, you know, if they look like Dwayne Wade and, and LeBron James their first year together where they're great next to each other, but they're not really with each other yet. They're not playing off of each other yet. They're not sacrificing parts of their game to make it work yet. That'll happen, though. I think they'll get there on offense. If they can put some defense around these guys over the next – year or two and Kawhi and and more importantly than Kawhi getting along does Luca like Kawhi does Luca like Kawhi now does Luca like Kawhi two years from now as long as all that clicks I think they're a long way down the road they're just not going to be there this year I will say this I am rooting for Dallas versus Sacramento in the first round because neither of them play any defense and both have great offenses and I want 150 <laughs> to 155 you know point playoff games yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, I think a lot of people would get into that. Talking with Kurt Heelan, NBC Sports. So I've, I've primarily talked about the West. I think in the East, it's Boston and Milwaukee. Now, you could argue for the Sixers. Embiid still hasn't been to a conference finals. So until that happens, I'm still looking at these two teams, the Bucks and the Celtics. The Celtics, I always make this comparison. The Celtics are the San Francisco 49ers. Everybody decides that they're the team to beat. And then they never win the championship, at least in this current era. I know the Celtics won not too long ago. I feel like everybody wants to gravitate towards the Celtics. The NBA All-Star Game turned into the Jason Tatum show. It was three quarters of waiting for Jalen Brown to take on Jason Tatum. Uh, ESPN, I think, is going to run a whole day of Celtics programming, which doesn't make any sense, but they're going to do it. I, and there is a bias here, this is where I live, but I still like Milwaukee to come out ahead. Where are you in the East? 
first off, those are the two best teams in the NBA. And frankly, I think Philly would beat that at least if not beat Denver, give them real trouble in a, a seven game series. Like I think the three best teams are in the East. I've got my only question about Philly really is, well, outside of James Harden in the playoffs and Doc Rivers has his own share of playoff collapses is if you're going to play Tyrese Maxey and James Harden heavy minutes together in the backcourt in the playoffs, that's tar- those are targets. And so I'm not sure when you get to going up against the Boston or Milwaukee, I'm not sure they're there, but it's close. Um, but I think those are the two best teams. I lean towards Boston just because I like their scheme versatility. I like the way they can play a lot of different styles. But I, look, I think that's the seven-game series. I think Boston has a certain 2014 Spurs where they got you – know, they, they thought they were the better team in last year's finals. And, frankly, on paper, they were the better team. But they didn't know how to execute it yet. And certainly the Warriors <laughs> have proven they know, how to, they, they know how to peak. They know how to exploit teams. They know how to do what they have to do to win. Um, I think they've come back with a little fire in them, and when they really crank it up, I think they're the best team. But I, it's they don't have an answer for Giannis because nobody has an answer for Giannis, and it's it's Crowder is a great get. It kind of fills a need for them. I think that's like I said. I think it's a seven game series. I'll lean Boston, but it's you know if you told me Milwaukee comes out, I'm like yeah, that could happen. Well, the one thing I will say is they did just play before the All Star break in Boston. Sat a lot of their guys for injuries or other reasons, and the reserve unit played very well. And so maybe the depth in Boston is better. I think that That's, Derek White was what, really good. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I think what that gives them with Derek White and all these guys is just the ability. When you have that depth, you have the versatility in the playoffs to go at matchups or to exploit what you see as a weakness. And the, that that I think is their ultimate advantage in Boston is that they can beat you a variety of ways. Uh, Milwaukee's not Milwaukee's almost as good, but I'm not sure they're quite as versatile. But I think that, like I said, I still <laughs> it's a coin flip. It's a seven game series. Kurt, good insight. I also thought of another way to fix the All Star game. The uh, hour long halftime show is probably too long too. No offense to the performers, uh, but it was probably too long. It, it 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 was pretty long, but that did let me. You know, I learned I liked Burna Boy, so I didn't know that before this. Now I know. <laughs> There you go. Me too. So I guess what am I complaining about? Kurt, thanks so much for your time. Have a good one, man. Take care.